Welcome to the documentary from the BBC World Service, where we report the world, however difficult the issue, however hard to reach. Podcasts from the BBC World Service are supported by advertising. Timeless stories, exceptional storytellers. Discover all your favourite BBC radio dramas available to enjoy as audiobooks. John Moffat stars in Poirot's Finest Cases, a collection of gripping full-cast dramatisations based on the novels by Agatha Christie. And what would be your ideal murder mystery, Poirot? A very simple crime. A crime with no complications. A crime that was unimpassioned and team. Search for BBC Audio wherever you purchase audiobooks and start listening. We lost our humanity. We lost our dignity. We got punished for something we did not do. Amazing Sports Stories from the BBC World Service tells the story of the Black 14. Our young lives were flipped upside down. Search for Amazing Sports Stories wherever you get your BBC podcasts. Ladino is uh, an idiom of Spanish and of uh, Turkish uh, words and things like that. It's a Jewish identity and uh, our roots from Spain. It's a language which we want to uh, keep it, to survive, because it's the dialect that uh, give us uh, our identity. El judeo español de Serunik, que fue el más hermoso, el más elegante, el más noble de los otros judeos españoles. El judeo español... You're listening to the documentary on the BBC World Service. In this edition of Heart and Soul, you'll be hearing about a language that is an intimate part of Sephardic Jewish culture. Thousands once spoke what is known as Ladino, or Judeo-Espanol, in Thessaloniki in Greece. But now, it's in danger of disappearing completely there. I'm Sophia Smith-Gayla. I'm a journalist and language lover, and I'm here to find out whether this distinctive Jewish language in its proud Greek variety can be saved, along with its precious history. Mama, see your I am uh, David Sautiel, the president of the Jewish community of Thessaloniki. Can you tell me about the history of the Jewish community here in Salonika? The history is, uh, goes uh, one to thousand years uh, back. You know, mainly there are Jews here before 500 years. But uh, the most uh, Jews in Saloniki came uh, after the persecution from Spain. Isabella Ferdinando that threw all the Jews, not only Jews, but I think the Muslims also. So uh, the Jews found uh, shelter here in Salonika, and it was an Ottoman Empire. So they were established here, and they did this community, which was uh, very strong. We had... uh, 70,000 people, the, the Jews were the, arithmetically the, the biggest community. Then it was uh, the Christians and then the Armenians, the Turks. Uh, so we came here and we found shelter and uh, uh, the community was established uh, here in Salonika. But as David says, Thessaloniki was not only Greece's biggest community of Sephardic Jews, it became one of Europe's. Jewish thought, culture and life exploded here, as did the flourishing of the specific Ladino of Thessaloniki. That would have been from 1492, when the Jews were expelled from Spain, and then throughout the following centuries until the 20th. 
The Sephardic Jews settled throughout the Mediterranean and different varieties of Ladino are spoken in each city they made their home. How long has my family been here? I can go back to the 19th century based on my family name, which is Ben Mayor. But the point is that the expulsion from Spain took place, we all know that it took place in 1492. But there was another expulsion, minor one, in 1470-something from the island of Mallorca. And we know also that uh, we can find the family name Ben Mayor in uh, Morocco, Algeria, Tunisia, which means that it was also people who left in the, during this expulsion and went to settle in those uh, places which were very near to where they were living. But between 1941 and 1943, this community was almost totally destroyed by the Nazis. From arrests and evictions to forced labour and then the death camps, following their occupation, the Germans deported more than 45,000 Jews from Thessaloniki to Auschwitz-Birkenau. David says there are two types of family history here, immense loss or survival against the odds. For those that went to Auschwitz, and 97% died, and those who hide in Athens, in islands, and, and survived. So my father and my mother were in love in Athens without getting married at uh, 1940. They left for the island of uh, Evia. And uh, it was a, a love affair, I think, and they said, look, we are together, let's see our luck Maybe we die, maybe we live. If we will live, uh, my father said to my mother, I will marry you and uh, we'll be together. In any case, many things happened, but uh, they, they succeeded to survive. And so I, am, uh, I was born in 1947, two years after the liberation, and uh, I'm here. So Hitler didn't succeed in spite of uh, what he tried to eliminate, not only from Greece, but from all Europe, the Jews. David is speaking to me surrounded by photographs of influential people he has met. I see royalty, celebrities. Many have clearly wanted to learn about Jewish history in Greece. But I don't hear Ladino or see it here, just like I haven't anywhere yet in Thessaloniki. Before seeing David, I had walked through the Jewish museum that was nearby, and I saw some newspapers there, from before the Holocaust, printed in Ladino. It's clear that some parts of Jewish life have been preserved here in the city, but I also know that these newspapers are no longer published. It was not uh, just a loss of some Jews. It was a complete destruction of the community. Can you imagine, for 70,000 Jews... 50,000 just before the war. Came back 1,000, 1,000 people. And it was difficult for them to come back because uh, their houses, their business, everything was taken. Many left again, went to Israel. So um, it was not easy for them. And uh, for me, it's amazing the strength of these people. 
How often do you get to speak Latino with other people? It is very difficult because, you know, there, there is no books. There is, I know to speak Ladino because my mother and my father were speaking Ladino. So we try hard to keep this uh, idiom alive. My mother and my father died, so I have to find somebody to speak. I am a president uh, 25 years, almost. When I became president, I tried to put again the community in the right place. And for this reason, after many years that uh, we tried with the, with the Spanish government, with Instituto Cervantes, which gives the Spanish language in, in Greece, um, we succeeded to bring them, and uh, in the contract that we have, we provide them with the school, with uh, a girl that takes uh, notes of who calls and, and etc. And uh, they have responsibility to bring teachers that speak Ladino in Spain to come in Greece uh, sometimes and give uh, lessons in Ladino. So uh, I think uh, Ladino is something uh, maternal. But uh, slowly, slowly, uh, the young generation, they don't listen anymore because they, we don't speak at home, and so it will disappear. So for this reason, we did this joint uh, venture with the Instituto Cervantes, and we provide also lessons in uh, Ladino. So we have to keep uh, our roots, our memory, our language, our habits, because uh, Ladino is the language, but we have food that we cook. It's different. It's a little bit uh, Spanish. Then we have songs in Ladino, which we have a choir, and we keep on uh, singing songs in uh, Ladino. So I think uh, it's uh, necessary for the president and for the board to try to keep on uh, our history. After the holidays, we have the Sukkot. And we have a Sukkah, if you will see, outside. And every night, we are gathered in the Sukkah. And we eat. And if you come, you will eat uh, Sephardic food. And we sing songs. And uh, we are all together. Just before they disappeared into the Sukkah, the temporary hut that is set up during the Jewish festival of Sukkot, I snuck into the choir's rehearsal. I wanted to find out how important Ladino might be to them, and I met Hannah. I, I know a little Ladino, not enough. You know enough to sing it? I know enough to sing, and uh, I'm learning. I'm always learning. And what feeling does it give you to sing in Ladino? Is it a special experience for you? It's a very emotional experience for me. Uh, I love Ladino, I love the sound of the words. And um, my father said if, um, if somebody spoke Ladino, he can uh, communicate with all the people because all the languages in Europe are based in Ladino. So when he traveled in Italy and um, in England, in France also, he could communicate with all, with Ladino language. And it's now a language that is often not spoken by the young generation. No, mostly uh, no. 
How do you feel about that? Do, do you hope that it, it lasts a few more generations? How do you feel that it's sort of disappearing from at least Thessaloniki? I don't think it will be disappearing because um, in the school we try now to establish a few hours for um, for the kids to know Ladino, not only the Jewish and the Christian, because you know the our school is the Jewish school, but they are also Christian uh, kids. So I don't think it will be disappear from Thessaloniki. That's good. And the song, the songs. So it can be disappear the language. Oh, we have the songs. Ensuring that there is a choir and Ladino lessons from the Spanish government aren't the only concerns David has when it comes to Ladino's survival here. There is another problem. Thessaloniki is still built on the remains of Jewish tombstones when the Jewish necropolis, an enormous cemetery site of over 300,000 square metres, was destroyed during the Holocaust. Countless buildings, including churches, used the tombstone remnants to rebuild the city following the Second World War. These stones are written in Hebrew and Ladino, and David's worked tirelessly to locate and bring them to the new Jewish cemetery. Malach, uh, which is Rene. This is Jackie Ben Mayor reading one of the latest tombstones that have been discovered. I meet him in his apartment, which overlooks the Aegean Sea. Other than travelling for study, he has lived here all his life. His father was the only member of his family to survive the Holocaust. But it's written in Hebrew. But it goes on and says, Of course. is someone who was only eight years old. He was only eight years old, yeah. And it says that she died today, but that's Hebrew again. That's uh, 5,676. That's uh, the beginning of the 20th century. Since I was born after the war, there weren't many people in Greece that were of uh, my age, more or less, that uh, grew up in uh, hearing this uh, language because this language was spoken only at home. It was not spoken in the street but I never intended it to be a profession for myself. So four years ago, you started teaching Judeo-Espanol at the university here. How many students do you think you've had and how many students of yours are Sephardic Jews themselves? You know, what kind of background do they come from? Why do they want to learn it? First of all, they want to learn it because it's uh, something that it's been hidden from the Greek students and, of course, the Greek citizens of uh, Salonika. It was not really that important to teach the fact that uh, Salonika was a Jewish town. I suppose that uh, in these four years you could say that people who, I mean, students who followed diligently the classes were around uh, 20 20 is still a great number when you I'm not, 
No, but I mean, um, when you think about if if this city didn't have you, if it didn't have someone offering lessons, what would happen to Judeo Spaniol? It would it would have disappeared. Uh, by the way, I think that it, it will disappear. This is the documentary from the BBC World Service. In 1969, a plan to show support for an anti-racism protest turned the lives of 14 promising black student-athletes upside down. I don't think we realized what the true flavor of Wyoming was back in 1969. Amazing Sports Stories from the BBC World Service tells the story of the Black 14. There was a rebel Confederate flag being flown. It was different. It was definitely different. Search for Amazing Sports Stories wherever you get your BBC podcasts. In a digital world that demands your attention, it can be challenging to build your own worldview. The Financial Times brings you rigorous and independent global journalism, so you can see more angles and find time to think for yourself. Don't jump to conclusions. Read to them instead. Fearlessly Pink. Financial Times. Read more at ft.com slash fearless. Neu und majestätisch gut. Probier jetzt den Hamburger Royal Barbecue Bacon und den Hamburger Royal Smoky. Nur für kurze Zeit bei McDonalds. In allen teilnehmenden Restaurants nicht zu unseren Frühstückszeiten. I'm Sophia Smith-Gaylor and for this episode of Heart and Soul, I'm speaking to three people in Thessaloniki, Greece, who are desperately trying to save Ladino, the Sephardic Jewish language which just a hundred years ago was spoken here by tens of thousands of people. Down to its last few speakers, many of whom are now in their 70s, what can they do to save Ladino and the Jewish history here in time? Tomorrow, I have the first lesson. Mm-hmm. Let me show you. And the memory of my mother, that's... Uh, the memory okay. of my mother, yeah. Okay, me now. Viste, me viste tu cara sobre la mía, y con tus ojos veo tu hermosa. I, and with your eyes, mm-hmm. I see your, the beautiful city you were born in. Mm-hmm. La tristeza y la maravilla, the sadness and the marvel engulf you, engulf they you, yeah. envelop you. Yeah, yeah. And viendo lugares que ya... And seeing places that you don't know anymore. Mm-hmm. So this is the person who's saying this poem. This person who says it's a, it's a poet uh, who was born in the 30s here in the Saloniki. And uh, her family went to live in Israel. Espando mi mano para que tú de muevo. With yes, las piedras tocar. Oh, I put my hand out so you can touch these stones. Mm-hmm. Y tus memorias se adjuntan a las mías. Ah, and your memories join mine. Con tu, con tu voz me siento pronunciar nombres. With your voice, voice. I can hear you pronounce the names. Conocidos con, por ti. That you knew. En súbito reflecta en mis ojos tu dulce sonrisa. 
There is so much poetry and song in Judeo-Espanol that has nothing to do necessarily with the Jewish faith. You've just shown me a poem about about memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, for you, how important is that link to the language with regards to the link to your Jewish identity? It would have been a much uh, stronger link, but uh, it's not. It's not for me, okay, for me it's much more than it is for uh, the average uh, uh, Jew, Salonican Jew of my age. But it doesn't really characterize me. I can see how hard it might be to create new learners of Ladinoef, as Jackie says, a lot of people haven't been educated about Jewish contributions here. It's tempting to think of Ladino as a Jewish language when it's also technically a Greek language, in that it's spoken by Greek Jews. To understand that value, David Saltiel and the community here believe that more has to be done to make the public aware of this history. We have a project, a big project, to uh, digitalize all our archives, the books and the songs. But what is pity that... We don't have researchers to try to trace the songs in Ladino, in Greek, in uh, all languages. It will remain as a basis for researchers to just to press a button and read the history of Salonika and uh, the food, the song, and everything. We are in the library of the Jewish Museum of Thessaloniki. And have you spent a lot of time in here? Oh, yeah, countless hours. Visitors to the museum today hear Mariangela Chatsis-Damatio's voice as they walk into one of the exhibitions. She is a soprano and Christian and has been trying to solve the Ladino research gap by tracing songs back centuries and recording them so that they may be heard today. One of her projects has involved finding songs from the Holocaust period. So what's fascinating about these songs of the Holocaust is that if you ask around, if you perform a Google search, you will only hear about the, the orchestras in Auschwitz or you will find information about the Ashkenazi songs in, in Yiddish. But you will not find anything about the Greeks, and which the Greeks is a very small percentage of the, the, the overall number of people who perished, but it was like a 97% of the community. Like, it was a massive distinction. Um, Ladino was once spoken in the streets of the city, and then it would come to be spoken in the homes more than in the streets, and now it's not even really spoken in homes anymore either. Can music be an important way of preserving a language when it falls out of use like that? Do you, do you see your music as playing that kind of role? Absolutely. Uh, exactly like um, we like Latin. I mean, it's used in the, in the mass. Of course, it's not spoken. But if a language is used in, uh, in singing, it doesn't die. You get in touch with it and you, you can see through the songs, you can see the different nuances that make Ladino different from Spanish. Of course, the sad thing is that many singers around the world, they sing uh, Ladino, but they don't pronounce it properly. They pronounce it like Spanish. That's a problem. So what we are trying to do here is 
in, in touch and collaboration with Jackie Ben Mayor, I always go to him before I publish something, before I learn a new song, and he teaches me how to do it properly. So, you know, what helps is that we have the verification that what we produce comes from the community, so it's somehow verified. So I want people to follow that. Not because I know better, but because I had help. So I think it's a, it's a small way, yeah. So this is the, the ghetto song. So the weird thing about this whole album is that we couldn't really do anything about the, the melody being so totally different from the lyrics. Like the music sounds happy. That was like a chirpy guitar. The, the lyrics, they are sung on the melody of a German song called Bellamy. It was popular during the war from a German movie. That's what they chose. Like, they wanted, they had this song. It was very popular at the time. So it was in their ears, as we say. Like, they were probably singing it or humming it. And that's what they used. So that's, we couldn't do anything about it. But to respect... So whoever speaks the language, the Latino can understand. Um, but it, it says that it was the, the day of the Shabbat where it all started, and they they called us all together, and they had us, they marked us with a star, and we didn't know what's going on. And at the end, it says those who did this to us, they are going to pay for it. That's what it says at the end. But I can also imagine for us because we know the trauma. You know, yes. all these years hence, that music sounds odd to us. But I can also imagine if that's how the song ends, it's motivating almost. Yeah. Well, we have several cases uh, of people who were able to survive through music, um, either because they participated in an orchestra and they literally were able to survive because they were not killed like right away or because they were taking so much strength and courage through singing. And I know that families, father, mother, children, uncles, disappeared. They came back very few. They started again in this city. Their life, to get married, to make children, to start working. I say heroes for those that died in the Holocaust, but heroes were also those that came back and established the community and the, 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 the synagogues and everything. And we are here now, the people that came back. They loved Saloniki a lot because in every corner they could see their life, their family, which disappeared from a family, maybe one. And they came back and they started again and make a family. I think I, could, I wouldn't be alive. I would have died. And now I go to Spain because we have to... Uh, 
make a presentation in Spain about uh, us in Saloniki. Maybe I will be with Felipe, which is uh, there in a photo. So I speak Ladino. And I will go there, I will speak not Spanish, I will speak Ladino. And I'm sure everybody will understand what I'm talking about. And they will be very happy. Now, for Ladino, we, we have to explain to the young that it's not a language that has died. It's an, a language alive. You've been listening to the documentary from the BBC World Service. This episode of Heart and Soul was presented and produced by me, Sophia Smith-Gaylor, with executive producer Rajiv Gupta. In a world where change is constant, it pays to look beyond your borders. The Financial Times offers a global perspective to give you a deeper understanding of international markets and emerging trends. Broaden your horizons and widen your influence. Fearlessly Pink. The Financial Times. Read more at ft.com slash fearless. Timeless stories, exceptional storytellers. Discover all your favorite BBC radio dramas available to enjoy as audiobooks. John Moffat stars in Poirot's Finest Cases, a collection of gripping full-cast dramatizations based on the novels by Agatha Christie. And what would be your ideal murder mystery, Poirot? A very simple crime. A crime with no complications. A crime that was unimpassioned and team. Search for BBC Audio wherever you purchase audiobooks and start listening. Thank you.